Hello guys, it's Amber Davis here on your 5 Minute Call podcast. Now, as you guys know, I'm back on tour playing Vivian Ward in Pretty Woman the Musical. It's very, very difficult for me to eat healthy on the job and that's why I have collaborated with Factor. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every single week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. All you have to do is head to factormeals.com slash your 5 minute 50 and use code your 5 minute 50 to get 50% off. That's code your 5 minute 50 at factormeals.com slash your 5 minute 50 to get 50% off. Enjoy! Goat guns are goat. Our miniature gun models will make you the center point of attention. Display them at your office desk, bookshelf, or man cave. Collect and customize goat guns to your own liking. Each goat gun model has intricate parts that snap together to assemble. Start your next hobby addiction at GoatGuns.com. I'm Amber Davis and this is your five minute call. This is the space where musical theatre takes centre stage. From unforgettable backstage stories with incredible special guests to insights from my life and my theatre journey. We're leaving it all on the mic every single week so let's jump in. So this week's really exciting because we have our first guest on the podcast and that Welsh queen is the Lucy Jones. It was just so lovely to have her on. She was vulnerable. She was so knowledgeable. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Today's really, really exciting because we have our first guest on the podcast. Now, this person, I love her one, because she's Welsh, (laughs) two, because she's a vocal genius. Oh. Please welcome the Lucy Jones. Well, thank you so much. What a lovely introduction. I can't believe you're my first guest. I can't believe that you've asked me one. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. And also, come through, Amber, with the podcast. <laughs> come on, girl. This is so perfect. I'm so excited to be your first guest. Oh, thank you. thank you. I literally put up something on Instagram, on the podcast Instagram, saying, who would you like to see on the show? If I had a pound for every time I saw your name. Oh, that's nice. You are so, honestly so loved, especially in the in the West End community, theatre community. So I'm very honoured that you are here. Oh, thank you. Pleasure. I'm going to start each podcast with a question. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that one question is going to be, what is your pre-show ritual? Mm. It's a really good question. And actually for me, weirdly, let's get deep straight away. It's changed. Okay. Because sort of from the age of 17, Mm -hmm. I had this weird, could not be diagnosed dizziness. Okay. Really, really strange. Uh, My childhood doctor was like, it's vertigo. And I was like, well, it's really weird because it's onset by different, I I don't really understand. Triggered by different things. Yeah. Um, And it sort of was all right and medicated for a while by 
different things. But if I was, you know what it's like, if you're run down or you're tired, yeah. these things manifest themselves. And this is what it would always come back to is dizziness. Okay. And when you're on stage and you feel dizzy, it's scary. Yeah, It's control. really scary. Uh, so I started to have a bit of panic and I would do things throughout the day, especially on a show day, to try and curb that before it began. So when I woke up in the morning, I would the pre-show would start then. It would be, I have to have this smoothie and I have to have these supplements and I have to do wow. this. And it sort of became crutch after crutch after crutch. And I didn't realize that at the time. Uh, and my very sort of last things before I went on stage was I had to eat something because the first thing that runs through your mind is, have I eaten enough? Am I all right? Yeah, I'm going to have blood the sugar. Exactly. Uh, and if, I'm, if I feel dizzy, am I going to worry that I haven't eaten enough throughout the day? Or So I'd always have a banana just before I go on. Every, anyone you speak to who I worked with sort of, pre-lockdown yeah. will tell you the last thing she does is have a banana. banana and if I don't have one I would I'd get myself into this spin of I haven't had my banana it sounds so ridiculous um and then when I booked Wicked I just thought I'm so uninterested in flying feeling like that mm. I have to do something else about this I've had MRIs I've had brain work I've had spinal scans I've everything medical that you could possibly think of to try and figure out what this was. They just couldn't figure out what it was. And I was medicated for something they thought it was and we sort of did that for years. And um, I did CBT to, okay. to deal with the panic element of it. So I still have the dizziness now, but I don't have the panic that goes with it. If it starts to come in, I've got loads of things that I can sort of toolbox. Okay, how am I feeling? What do I need to do? I'll reach for this. This will help me today. Okay. Um, so now my pre-show is completely different. No banana for me. The banana was a crutch. It sounds so ridiculous. No bananas for Lucy. Uh, I have them. Of course I do. I love a banana. Love a banana. Um, but yeah, so now my pre-show is be as relaxed as possible. Speak to everyone in the building. Be on good terms. Have, make sure everyone's in a good mood, in a happy, positive place. Um, waitress, we used to do a little circle before the show. It started as a prayer circle, which obviously evolved... Um, when our prayer sort of person left the okay. show just became a check-in uh, and I'd lead it of like hey guys let's all get together what do we need today Amber uh, we know what you had a busy day uh, do you need anything from us are you tired like is there anything going on we know that maybe somebody's had a relative pass away or whatever we acknowledge it as a group we move forward and I've tried to take that board into other jobs as well so do you know what with, positive, the, with you know? the experience you've had I cannot believe that story that like you've had to deal with that manifesting in your head. It's, it's wild to think now that I worked for so long with, with it the, going on. With that on your shoulders. Mm. And do you feel like it like took over your life a little bit? At times it did because the panic element of it was exhausting. The job is tiring enough in itself uh, yeah. and, and you know, there's a lot that goes with it outside of work. But if you have a panic attack or you're feeling like that all the time, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's so tiring. And the adrenaline that rushes mm. through you and then leaves you and all of the things that go with it, was it's tiring, man. So, yeah, it was all-consuming at times. I but can, like, we're take, good. Yeah, now yeah. you've come out the other end. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Thank you. I, I struggle massively with nerves. Really, really, really bad. And it, it does take over my life. And I mean, say we've got an opening night. For about a week before, I will not be able to sleep. And then it's, it's crazy, like as soon as that opening night's done, it's my job. It's just my job. 
So I find it absolutely fascinating how you've gone through certain contracts having to deal with that. Like, massive praise to you. Oh, thank you. But just pushing through and that's a lot to take on. Yeah, it is a lot to take on. But I've been lucky, actually. I've had lots of good people around me. and Support system. Babe. Yeah, absolutely. And just to, to go back to what you just said there, that week before your press night or your opening night, that speaks to who you are, right, yeah. in a good way. Because if you didn't care... Or if you just were like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do this job, you wouldn't have that. No. So it's actually it maybe a nice care. thing. Yeah. So next time you have that and you're awake in the middle of the night, just remember that it's because you're a good person yeah. and you care about what you, you do. Care. Yeah. We want to be the best version of ourselves. Absolutely. Now, let's go back right to the beginning. Okay. How and when did you discover this voice? <laughs> I always love to sing. I always love music. My parents are very sort of interested in music. There's music playing in the house all the time. Okay. My mum would sing everything. I've got a seven-year-old niece. Okay. And it's been lovely for the last seven years to see my mum singing with her the way that I remember her singing with me as a kid. Oh, my God. And sort of, no, do you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. though? It's so lovely to have seen that. And I really never really understood exactly where it came from. But my mum sings all the time. So I think I just had that around me always um and I always loved musicals and I loved loved pop music but okay. I also like when I was in high school I had my goth phase I had the emo okay. fringe you went through the phases absolutely I was in my eras do you know what I mean yeah uh figuring it all out that's what it's all about isn't it being yeah. a teenager you, you, yeah, you, you have to try it on because that's who you are for those minutes yeah. and then you move on to the next and that's who you are and maybe that's why we can do what we do now and step yeah. in and out of characters but yeah there's not really a moment where I'm like oh, I'm singing and, oh, I'm quite good at this or anything. It's just not really that sort of story. It was just... was there ever a moment, like a defining moment where you thought, I actually want to do this as a career or did it just happen? I never really wanted to do anything else. Okay. Uh, that's probably was... the most beige answer. But There I'm... was never, never another option. Yeah. Well, I mean, I used to do athletics when I was okay. a kid and I sprinted and I, I was on sprint teams and I did international meets and stuff. I loved it. Um, but it was always, that was my hobby. Okay. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to be in musicals or I'm going to sing or I'm going to, you know, be Britney Spears or whatever. Yeah. We, everyone wanted to <laughs> be Britney. Of course, of you course. You are the Welsh Britney now that I think about mm, it. Like current or? <laughs> <laughs> no. Back in the day, Brit. <laughs> do you know, I've just read her book and it's completely broken my heart. Oh, no. Have you read it? I haven't. I oh, will, you though. must listen to it, baby, whilst you're doing things. Okay. It's great. 2009 big year for you mm -hmm. how was that like genuinely that whole x-factor experience genuinely genuinely i am so grateful that i was 17 18 doing that and i had no idea what i was doing mm -hmm. i had just went yeah sure okay how high great all right and I just went with it. There's a couple of moments in there where I sort of, I remember one week where, bless her, Danny Minogue was so amazing. I had an Just outfit. casually, you know, Danny Minogue well, mentored she, she me. She was our mentor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally, I spoke to her this morning. She's oh. still here. She's amazing. But she was very much involved with us. And I remember a couple of moments where she sort of stuck her neck out on the line for us. Or okay. I remember having an outfit I didn't like, and she really got involved with that and helped and made Had me comfortable back. and confident and so there's a couple of moments of ah what am I doing but most of the time I was just doing it 
I sound so every day as it came random to say, but I don't think I'd do it now no. at this age. I think because you're been aware, too, you're you know aware how mentally. how much it hurts to fall or how yeah. hard it is to get back up. And it didn't occur to me that it could have been really, really awful. Mm. It always occurred to me that I might not get through, and it might not mean a career or whatever but it never would have occurred to me and that's actually probably testament to my family yeah that I just was like dee, 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 off I go to meet Simon Cowell do you know what I mean yeah. there was no like what if I break down what if they hate me what if it makes the rest of my life unbearable yeah. do you know what I mean I, I just think that it was the age yeah it was your age you Entirely. were fearless Mm-hmm. And maybe naive a little bit. Completely naive. Especially as Welsh girls coming from small town or, or a city. We weren't exposed to like that London life. No, you absolutely know? not. What we grew up with was wholesome. Yes. Really, genuinely wholesome. Community, small <clears throat> communities. Absolutely. I had some really good people looking after me. And you hear real horror stories about doing shows like that. And look... You've been through something similar. I know. That's why I feel like I can relate to you on a different level. Because although what we went through was completely different, it was both two reality shows. Yours was obviously with regards to talent. Mine was about love. But we ended up in the same place. Where we wanted to be. Where we wanted to be. And I think that's down to motivation, your mindset hard working and mostly you always come back to your support system you said I had really good people around me that is one of the most important things I think most definitely your yeah. family your friends your agent you know your co-workers it's <clears throat> all about your support system yeah it really is and you've said lots of lovely things there but you must remember Amber that you are here because you're incredibly talented it is it, and you're a really nice person oh, and that's you. those two things all the other things like right place at right time, mm. motivation, hard work. Of course, Stars it's aligned. a combination of all of those yeah. things. And they've all met at a perfect spot for you to just explode. Yeah. And don't ever forget that yeah. you did that. Thank you. You did. Oh. Like all the other people in this room and in this your family. Awesome. Everyone else has done that too, but for you, you did that. Mm. I feel it like it was a lot, lot harder for me to break that mold. You know, Love Island <clears> for me was just a... Look, I graduated and I, was, I looked so young. I wasn't getting anything. And I thought this opportunity came up. I took it. I was naive. It could have, like for you, it could have gone really, really wrong. But at that point, I had nothing to lose. Of course. So I just went for it. But And have fun. Yes. How fun is have that? Fun. Yeah. But I think, honestly, like you have worked and worked and worked. And what's most important is you are the nicest person. Oh. And no one in this industry, anyone I've ever spoken to has not got a bad word to say about you. And that rings bells everywhere. You well, know? same. I mean, should we just stop loving on each other? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> should we just get a room? <laughs> yeah, guys, can you all leave, please? <laughs> yeah. Camera off. <laughs> now it's time for a quick interval. Go and powder your noses and we'll see you in two. Can't get enough of Bachelor Nation? Enter Betch's hilarious Bachelor Recap Podcast 
The Bachelor. Each week, hosts Kay Brown and me, Jared Freed, recap the latest episodes of The Bachelor and make fun of all the ridiculous things the contestants say and do. Because honestly, why else watch the show if not for the fun commentary? Listeners have called The Bachelor the much-needed humor and commiseration they want after watching the show. Listen to The Bachelor podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, moving on. Eurovision. So you won, you decide, Eurovision, you decide back mm. in 2017. How was that? Where did that come from? What made you want to do that? That's a really interesting story. Okay. In fact, because let's call a spade a spade. We're not all that good at Eurovision. We're not all that good at coming first or second or third or even 10th or 15th in Eurovision <laughs> as a country. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that's up to a lot of different things mm-hmm. uh I don't think it's always down to the artist or the song or the people who are putting together the act to go yeah. to Eurovision wherever it is because the team of people I worked with I have nothing but wonderful things to say about mm-hmm. when it came onto my desk if you will I was like hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm what do I do here because in my mind I'm like that how fun is running yeah, through my mind brilliant. always and I'm going to perform in front of 200 million people what That's an opportunity. wild. It's wild. And I'm going to travel to another country and I'm going to meet thousands of people who are like-minded and mm-hmm. are there to have a good time. But also, I'm older now. I've been in the industry for almost 10 years and I know now a little bit more. Yeah. So that what if it doesn't go well is there. In the back of your mind. Absolutely. Mm. Like kind of creeping further and further forwards okay. as time is going on. I got contacted by uh, this wonderful man called Guy from Universal, who was uh, sort of getting a team of people together to audition for Eurovision. And he contacted us and said, we'd love Lucy to come in and sing. And my manager at the time was like, I think this would be great. Why don't you just go in and meet them? And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, okay. So I went in and sat down and they played some songs and they had all these like, like bangers and like <laughs> Europop. And, and then they got to this ballad, which was like a piano sort of demo of it. And I went that one and they were like, Ooh, ballads never do well. And I was like, okay. in my head, I'm going, do we ever do well? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> does, it, yeah. does it really matter? Yeah. And I said, I'd, if you'll give me 10 minutes to have a learn of that song, I'll come back in and I'll sing it for you. And if you still feel that way, I'll just leave. And that will be the end of that. And thank you so much. And they're like, okay. So I went out and I listened to it and I played with it a bit and we worked on some of the lyrics and I went back in and sang it and they're like, great. Okay, let's do that. I was like, thank you. That's great. I know myself. I know where I am. I know what I can do. And I thought I like this song and I believe in this song. I grew to really love the song and find some really personal moments through it. Um, I'm obsessed with it, by the way, when, honestly. I actually really like the club mix now. <laughs> Is there a club mix? Babe, I'll send it you. It's... You have to send it to me and we will link it at the end of this podcast. Yeah, you will. But, uh, sorry, so yeah, I went and I sort of sang for them and we said yes. And then I spoke to my theatre agent, who's I've been with since I was 17. Okay. Uh, and I said, I'm thinking about doing the Eurovision You Decide UK contest. Mm-hmm. Silence oh, on the other God. end of the phone. I was like... Bearing in mind, if you come into this industry from a reality television angle, mm-hmm. you have to really fight to earn your stripes oh and to God. gain credibility. And it's not all about what other people think of you. Of course it's not, because if a producer wants to employ you, that's 
for the end game. But it's really important that your peers and your colleagues understand why you're there. Yeah. And, and also, I think we just need to rem- like tell people, I think when you have, say, a name, you've come from a reality, they think, oh... It's so easy. They've just walked into the industry. Mm-hmm. It is not. Of course not. You have to fight yep. for credibility. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Absolutely. But that's what was at the front of his mind when okay. I mentioned this. Because obviously for him, he's thinking, this is going to go terribly wrong. We're going to regress five years. No one's going to want it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? He was thinking of all those things. Negative. As my agent, he had to think of those things of and course. protect me. So I sang the song for him and he's like, okay, let's go. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, and uh, he tells the story of he didn't act, he wasn't able to come with me to the UK final because uh, we had a conflict of dates. It was all quite last minute, um, and he was in an underground venue. And he came out of the venue to leave to go home, and his phone was blowing up because I'd won. Uh, and he was like, "Oh, okay, we're really doing yeah. this. Like we are going. This is happening. Yeah." Um, so that it was wild. The UK final was so fun, and like my first toe into Eurovision world and I remember yeah. saying to Scott Mills in the day I was like what do we, what happens like if I win I don't think I am gonna win but if I do what happens like afterwards and he was like well you come upstairs and you do a press conference with me and let me tell you it'll be baptism of fire be ready they will have everything for you yeah they will good bad ugly they'll throw it at you these Eurovision press be prepared. yeah mm-hmm. because the one thing about Eurovision that I didn't know why would I have known is a lot of the press is fan run. It's like fan oh, blogs and okay. blogs and but they're hugely influential with it. Wow. They are they are the moment with it. Okay. Uh, so I went up into this press conference room and it's wave. It, you know, like when you watch a TV show and something unexpected happens with like an underdog and they're pushed to the front of the crowd and it's like paparazzi yeah. and I was like that and I just was like I didn't on? expect this. I mm-hmm. just, I don't know what I expected. I was just like, did, 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 like going along with it again. <laughs> so I sat down with Scott and we're doing this press conference. Yeah. And uh, he said, do you think your family will go out to Ukraine with you? Which is where your okay. was. And I opened my mouth to answer. And from the back of my, the room, I didn't realize, but my dad had talked his way into this room, right? Talk about, the, I can imagine your parents doing the exact <laughs> yeah. same thing. My dad and my mum were at the back of this room. My dad went, hell yeah. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, this now feels really real because yeah. dad's in the room <laughs> it was very sweet uh, and then off we went to Ukraine and it's it's mental it really is like it's nothing huge. else it's actually huge it's it's takes over a whole city yeah. and some they build arenas for yeah. it there's it's incredible uh, and what I also didn't realize is that they sell tickets to the dress rehearsals and the tech oh, okay. rehearsals and so you've got 20,000 people in front of you at all times which is good I think Good because when you get to the actual final and there's 200 million people tuning in from across the planet, which is physically sick. unfathomable, which is actually quite good. Because if it was a number that you sort of go, okay, I know how many people that is, then you can sort of see them in your mind. But 200 million is, it's you're, a joke. You're out there. It's a sick joke. Yeah. You can't even picture it. That's like exposed next level. Yeah. But and you did that, babe. We did the thing, you know? And it was fun. And I had, you, like, a really beautiful staging and a goldy dress. And uh, it's music video choreography, like, within an inch of its life. And oh, I had this stunning. incredible team. of, And I'm not a mover. I am not a mover. Yes. So thank God I was just sort of stood still. I just had to do little <laughs> tiny things. But it but was like so that, fun. But, like, that feeling after, was it just, like... 
I can't even imagine that feeling when you came up. The elation, yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say, actually, when we were in the dress rehearsal and you go, have you watched Eurovision on the telly? No, not for years. Okay, so after you sing, uh, you go into what's called the green room. It's okay. like sofas or tables or whatever. So that when they're reading out the results, the cameras can come to each country and you sort of know if you're going to get good points because okay. the cameras move to you before. And we were in the rehearsal doing that and they'd be like, okay, you're going to get 12 points this time. And people in our delegation would be like, only time we're going to get 12 points, like lol sort of thing. And, and I said to the head of delegation at one point, what do we do if we win? She was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where we go. I don't know what, and she'd been doing it for years. It's like she hadn't even considered. Well, she just was like, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We'll go with the flow. We just had such a good time. And, and my parents that. did come and some of my school friends came out and my husband. And no. I remember getting back to the hotel bar at like three in the morning because it didn't start until about 11 because of the time difference. Okay. Uh, and I came into the bar and my dad was sat with Graham Norton and Ken Bruce. Just casual. And I was like, okay. This is happening. This is great. What a day. Do you think that was a turning point for you? Like after you'd done that, did you feel like I can do anything right now? Um, maybe, I mean, not sort of consciously, but there must be, there must have been a shift because that was, it was huge. Yeah. It was, it was crazy town. And I was also on tour at the time. Different level. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And it's, like I said, a level that's sort of unfathomable. Yeah. Because it's not like you can exist there and continue there. Continue there. Unless you're like Ariana Grande or, Mm -hmm. and and for a musical theatre girl, come on. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's mental. Uh, and then, yeah, I came back to London and the next day I was on stage in like Sheffield in Rent or wherever we were. We just carried on. And but I love that. Like your feet are so on the ground. Oh. It's like you just take everything in your stride. I love it. Well, you never know what, what's going to happen, do you? So you never know. enjoy it all. In, and you've got to literally be present in every moment. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm going to list you a couple of, a couple, <laughs> a couple of shows Lucy's done. I've actually had to make a list on my phone. Um <laughs> And this is literally just to name a few. Okay, let's start from the top. Les Mis, We Will Rock You, American Psycho, Ghost, Legally Blonde, Rent, The Wedding Singer, Waitress, Les Mis, and last but not very least, Wicked. (laughs) So you did your debut as Cosette. How old are you? 18. Casual then. Yes. Really casual. How was that? Amazing. I loved it. It's the perfect show to join as a youngster. They've been running for a long time. They're a really great company to work for. Uh, on my way to my final audition, I was on the tube and I was sat opposite Samantha Barks on the tube and I knew who she was. Um, and she took her headphones out at one point and went, I love your boots. And I was like, I love your belt. <laughs> and I was like, are you Samantha Barks? And she went, yeah, are you Lucy Jones? And I went, yeah. Oh and that was the God. beginning of the end. She was bridesmaid at my wedding, like we're best friends. And so we went into the audition together, both auditioning for Eponine. And then they came to me and sort of said, well, it was Cameron, darling, um, you just don't look like an Eponine. Uh, I would love to hear you sing for Cosette, would you? And I was like, yeah, sure. Okay, so it's the piano. And I was like, I don't know it. What what am I doing? I'd never seen the show. I'd seen the 10th anniversary on video a million times. But I was like, I was watching, I dreamed a dream on my own, Castle on a Cloud, rewind. Rewind. Do you know what I mean? Your favorite bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, So I went to the piano and the guy was like, can you hit this note? And he played a top D, which is a very high note. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, (laughs) I'll try. So I squeezed really tight and I sang and I got the job. 
and I sat next to Sam for a year and we just were sort of same age, same part of life. Again, comes from a very small community in the Isle yeah. of Man. Salt of the earth, good people. Yeah. Uh, and just, I couldn't have asked for a better unit to start that with. And then you <laughs> went back recently. Uh, yeah, I've done it three times. I went back just after COVID and I did the socially distanced, we called it the COVID concert. Okay. So we were all sort of, just facing out to the audience behind microphones. Mm. Uh, so I didn't look at anyone. And as Fontaine, no spoilers here, you die about an hour into the show. <laughs> and dying standing up, I'd literally go, tell Cassette I love her and I'll see her when I wake. And then I'd have to really quietly just step back from the microphone and stare into the abyss. And then I had to stand there for the confrontation afterwards, which is like amazing bit of music between two really powerful male characters. And I'd just be sort of stood there looking up because I'd in be the like show, I'd be watching, I'd be. I know it's so hard not to. I could just see like in my peripheral, like bits of spit flying out of their mouths. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> in your eye. I know, grim. Um, but yes, yeah, so I did that. And then I went back to do the show for six months post Wicked last year. And I saw your performance on BGT. Oh, yes, with Susan Boyle. And it was just the way you came out, and it was just like a breeze. And I just thought, she's just a magician. When it comes to your voice, you know your voice. Oh, I mean, you've got all the experience. It's taken a long time. Yeah. I do feel like I trust it now. Yes, and I like that. I like the fact that, you know, it is about experience. You've done so many things, and do you feel like it's only recently you feel like you fully trust it, or when did that happen? I'd say it's been a, a bit of a gradual thing because you know what it's like with your voice. If you're using it all the time, you have to get to know it. You have mm. to respect it and you have to treat it with the same love and care that Usain Bolt looks after the muscles, muscles. and the bones in his body. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have to. And I've heard people sort of scoff at, oh, you're not an athlete. Like they, I have heard that. Oh, and I'm like, you don't know. You don't know. It's, it's an impossible task ahead yeah. of you. At the beginning of an eight-show week, uh, you're on your period. Your friend from school is going through a divorce and is ringing you at 3 a.m. You, anything could be happening life. in your life and you just have to turn up and switch on and go. Yeah. Uh, and so I think the more you understand your body and your voice and what you have to give there, the better you will always yeah. be and the more you'll enjoy it as well. And so when I met my vocal coach... Dane. Yeah. He sort of changed the way that I stand, breathe, sing, okay. think. He is my handbook. He is my confidant. He's my friend. And I will never have enough words for mm-hmm. how grateful I am for that. Because uh, I've worked with some amazing coaches in the past, but Dane is, is the right fit for me. For you. Yeah. It's like a therapist. Absolutely. Not every therapist is going to work for you. No. Do you think then it's important throughout your career that you continue to have singing lessons and or if you're a dancer dance lessons absolutely yeah it's one of one of the things that I find most frustrating and the arrogance that I feel seeping from people that say no I don't do that anymore like, yeah. like oh do you know everything yeah cool. well let me tell you the next queen that's coming through behind you is still working on herself yeah and you will be old news and if you're not good enough anymore goodbye yeah. and that's your fault keep Keep learning, keep going to see things, keep asking questions. And why, why would you not want to be better yeah. every time? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't understand that mentality. I, I love that coming from you because I love that you can admit 
I'm always learning. I oh, think yeah. that's so important. You have to. One, it's one of my favorite things about what I'm doing now. I've just started the Lucy Jones Academy. Yes, I and we're saw doing on Instagram. workshops and masterclasses around the country and further afield now. Yeah. Uh, for on and off stage um, disciplines. And we because, will link that. Yes, you must you link that. <laughs> we will. So you'll be able to find out all this information. Yeah, if you just search Lucy Jones Academy okay. on social media or the website just on Google. Where I'm trying to just use the best of the best. Mm -hmm. We will only be having teachers come into these classes and hosts who have actual experience in the West End or on professional tours or from Broadway. And the knowledge that they can impart, you can change someone's life in five minutes. And I've seen it. With that knowledge. I've literally been working with somebody who doesn't quite know whether they're good enough or doesn't know whether they want to. or And I can spend five minutes with them and they like encourage them to do something and bring out a voice in them or a storytelling technique that they didn't understand before it's like switching a flip in absolutely their you just see the light it. switch on yeah and the light comes into their eyes and the relief they feel of like yeah. oh no i can do this yeah like, i just love that you are passing on all this knowledge we've You're got to yeah it's more fun let's bring in the good people and let's make them as good as possible because like you said if they're better we will be better yeah. and that is absolutely end game i love that i absolutely love that now one thing i'd love to ask you because i saw you as alphabet and you blew my goddamn man mind <laughs> you did i was just jaw on the floor and the thing is is i knew you were gonna i knew you were gonna be amazing but when i saw you and just having that before see that seeing that performance live for me was like you gave me so much fire it was like i cannot wait to be back on stage because you i could feel your energy oh that's amazing yeah i'm so glad it was like I want to be that good one day, you know? Oh, Amber, you absolutely are. Come on, girl. Playing alphabet is a different kettle of fish, and it's the way you did it with ease. But what I would love to know is, I feel like there's a theory about alphabet. And if you go down the wrong path with it, it can consume you and it can break you. So how mentally did you go into that? It's a really good question. And there is a whole sort of, there's a whole host of women who've played this role. And you come out of it and it sort of seems like you come out of it in one of two ways. You either come out of it sort of, thankfully how I did and sort of healthy and happy and ready for the next thing. Or you sort of say, that was incredible. I'm going to hang up my boots now because I've ticked that Mm -hmm. final box of, I wanted to do that. And I wasn't, I'm 32 now. Mm-hmm. When I went into the show, I was 30, 29, 30, I can't remember. But I definitely was sort of going into it thinking, this is it for me. This is the role that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. But I want there to be more it's. And I yes. want to carry on and I want to be able to carry on. So I went into it with that mindset. And when I got announced as the role, my phone went mental. But the things that I really clung on to were the chicks who played the role. Because they were coming to me like, if you need anything. I love that. Can I help you with this? Or can I give you this piece of advice? Or do you want to go and have a coffee? Alice Fern was incredible. Queen, we love Alice. Oh, she's the best. I just love her so much. The girls from Broadway, Lindsay and Talia. And there's just this like community of sisterhoods of green people just like held me straight away. And I felt, I can do this. Yeah. And I didn't feel like that before because nobody does if you do 
It's like, like big gulp. Oh mm. my gosh, I've got the contract. Yeah. Like you feel like, wow, I've got it. Oh God, I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> <The> <laughs> what do I do now? I have to actually do it. But having those people around and having Dane by my side and coming home to my home every night with my family and my yeah. dogs. And do you know what I mean? Just yeah. sleeping in my own bed because touring is really rough as well. It's hard. It's very, really it's hard. hard. Rough is the wrong word. Tough. 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 And rough if you get the wrong digs. <laughs> well, absolutely. There's, I've, we've seen it all. We've seen it we've all. We've seen it all, girl. Um, but it is a really hard job. So coming home to your own home at the end of that job is... Like you're, you're constant. Absolutely. Mm. Even just having the same pillow and the detergent that you wash your sheets mm. in. It sounds so ridiculous, but these things can change your whole day, yeah. your sleep, your week, your month, whatever. Um, so I just tried to make sure that everything else was checky, yeah. checking along quite nicely. And I'd love to know, you know, because obviously I've done shows and I've thought, you know, maybe I'm a little bit under the weather and I'm just not getting up there. How did you deal with that? Well, Alphabet is a huge thing. Huge. And it's, it's also a huge ask physically because mm. you're running around for the whole show you're on for pretty much the whole show and you did eight shows a week it's an eight show a week role yeah interesting those sort of moments where you're not feeling yourself then it's important to have the toolkit and the people and mm. the training and you just try and rely upon yourself and trust yourself yeah for all of those moments also I'm sharing the role there's a standby in the building at all times. And Amy, who I was sharing the role with, was incredible. Okay. And then there's two other girls in the building that do the role as well. Yeah. And they're brilliant. So if for whatever reason I can't be there, they're going to do it and they're going to do it incredibly well. Yeah. I've seen so many understudies and standbys and swing nation queens and kings yes. saving the day, particularly yeah. since COVID, actually. Yeah. Uh, and... Look, I'm a big advocate for it. Like, go have your day, do the thing. Yes. And everyone's good enough. Anyone, I'm not yeah. any better than the standby or the no, covers. I've, I, I think that as it's, well. There's no way yeah. I'm better or more yeah. talented. It's just the way that the cards have fallen. Yeah. This is where we are. So let's do the it. Fact let's support each other. The fact that there's like, for example, my sister, she's a swing second cover mm -hmm. on, on the tour. I think the fact that she's in the building, she knows all of the ensemble tracks and she's got Elfbury in the po in her back pocket. I mean, just knowing How? all the ensemble tracks is ridiculous. But <laughs> yeah. then to be able to then, oh, you're on for the biggest role in musical theatre today. Okay, no problem. Okay, don't worry. Yeah, that's fine. Just pull it out. Like, it's incredible. I know. Like, like we're, queen. we're very lucky on, to, very lucky to have one role to concentrate yeah, on, yeah. you know? Yeah. I said to my sister, because Jade's been a swing in many a shows, mm. I think, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted just learning one track. So bow down to you sisters, all of you. I would love to know in just a short kind of sentence, your career highlight, because you have had an incredible career, Lucy, so far. And I just believe that it's gonna go on to even more ridiculously amazing things. Oh, but at, to this day in your life, what would you say is your career highlight? Uh, waitress. Doing Waitress in the West End, Massive. holding the pie and the curtain flying out. I could not believe my life. Mm. Uh, and that that job has brought me unbelievable opportunities all over the world. And so that was a continues turning point. To, yeah, big time. That was my first leading lady West End job. 
I'd love to ask you a question that's coming from our listeners. How do you deal with the pressure of auditions? No one ever talks about it. The the pressure of auditions. Mm-hmm. Are you a good auditionee? I feel like you are because you've worked so much. Um, I am and I'm not. Okay. There's no two auditions are the same. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I'll say is that if you are a person who wants to be in this industry and you're listening to this podcast, do not expect to go into two rooms and even a recall for the same job. Yeah. They're never going to be the same. You have to read the room. Some people want to get up and shake your hand. Some people don't want to come anywhere near you. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to smile at you and make you feel like you're an old friend. Some of them have seen 500 people that day and they just want to hear you sing. Yeah. There's, there's never two that are the same and you just have to accept that. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. It's about them and about what they want from the day. And yeah. they might have had their friend from school getting divorced, ringing them at 3 a.m. Yeah. They might be on their period. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's They're all humans and all they want is to find the right person. Mm-hmm. So if you can go in prepared and feeling confident in what you're about to do, then whatever happens, yeah. we're all right. Yeah, They're just human beings, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yes. They're going to be fine. They don't want you to fail. Yeah. They haven't called you in thinking, oh, here we go. We've got a Lucy Jones. Oh, what a joker. <laughs> They're going, here we go. Let's hope she's got it. Yeah. Let's hope she can do the thing. Is she going to fit the puzzle? Absolutely. But and you can only do your is. best. Yeah. It's a puzzle. It's not about what you doing that day is not good enough or... You might be too tall. You might be too short. You might be really Long similar to so- exactly. You might be really similar to someone else they've got already in the cast. Mm. It, it could be anything. So as soon as I sort of let go of that, now I go in and I actually quite enjoy them. Today. I'm still learning. I am because what I do is I say, right, I'm going to go in um, and I'm not going to be emotionally invested. Yeah. As soon as I learn that material and I meet the team, you're planning your life around the job, aren't I you? I am. Already. I know. I do the same. Well, I do. I do the same. Yeah. I'm preaching this. I don't do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> and I then I'm just like. Oh, I didn't get it. Okay, I have. I give myself twenty four hours to be a little bit upset, mm-hmm. and I let it go. Yeah, but it's so hard. Do you know what? I heard a theory a few years ago, and I've I've tried to hold that on. It's you walk into an audition room and say you're an apple, okay, mm-hmm. but they were just looking for an orange that day, and you're an apple. It yeah. doesn't mean you're any less juicier than the orange. Yeah. You still taste great, you're yeah. juicy and you got all the bits, but they yeah. just didn't they just didn't want the apple that day. And that is I go to every audition I now I thinking am an I'm an apple. <laughs> but they might be looking for a pear. Are you green or red? <laughs> green. Always. Oh yeah, always, me too. <laughs> you're definitely green, babes. We know that. <laughs> but thank you so so much for coming on. You're just like so easy to talk to. I'm sure the listeners are gonna absolutely love it, get to know you a little bit more. Everybody loves you. I love you. This has been so fun. Thank Thank you. you so much. You're very welcome. See you next week, guys. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.